Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got a notebook, pull out your notebook. If you got something you can take notes, I promise you, it's really good today. Okay? All right, listen, this is. This is one of these moments I'm like, this isn't me, this is the Lord, and it's going to bless you, okay? Genesis chapter 37, okay? Genesis chapter 37, we're starting verse 5. This is the beginning story of Joseph. We're not, we don't have enough time to go through the whole story. We're going to talk about Joseph today. Verse 5 says this, one night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. It's like an episode of the Kardashians happening right here in the Bible, Okay? It's amazing that the same things that were happening over 2,000 years ago are still happening today in the earth, amen, okay? So the brothers, they're jealous, they're angry, uh, they hate him. Verse six, he says, listen to my dream. Isn't it funny how we gotta tell everybody about everything all the time, okay? Listen to my dream. We were in a field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. And he's going, isn't this great, guys? Come on, I know I'm the younger brother. I know that you don't want to do this, but God gave me this dream, and this is what's going to happen. And all the brothers, man, they are just angry. Verse 8, the brothers respond. So you think that you're going to be king, do you? Do you actually think that you're going to reign over us? And the Bible says this, that they hated him even more because of the dreams and the way he talked about them. Verse 9. Soon, Joseph had another dream. He told his brothers again about it. This time, he told his father, too. He said, listen to the dream. The sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed low before me. So now the father's going, I know you can talk to your brothers this way, but you're not going to talk to me this way, right? The father's going, and this is what he says. He says, do you think that your mother and I and your brothers will actually come and bow before the ground before you. Okay, we're gonna jump ahead to verse 23. So God gives them these dreams, okay? Some time passed. The brothers are off working, okay? The father takes Joseph and he says, hey, I want you to take these goods to your brothers. Go meet them out in the fields, okay? So verse 23 says this. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. This is a coat of many colors that his father gave him because his father loved him, okay? Verse 24, they grabbed him and threw him in a pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. Verse 25, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ishmael traders taking taking a load of gum and balm down to Egypt. Verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? This is like a soap opera. <laughs> what will we gain by killing him? We'll have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those traitors. After all, he is our brother, the flesh of our blood, and all the brothers agreed. What did, they, what did they really agree on? They agreed on, hey, let's all make some money off of this. Right? People have been greedy for thousands of years. Okay? People have had ill intentions for thousands of years. Verse 28. So when Ishmael... Ishmaelites came, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the pit, 
sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Okay, point number one today is this, God's dream. God's dream. Verse five, God gave Joseph a dream, okay? And, and what's interesting is this, when I talk about dreams to a bunch of adults, I'll get what just happened, no response. I remember I loved being a kid's pastor and I loved being a youth pastor. Why? Because these kids weren't jaded yet by life, right? So when I would say, hey, God's got a dream for you, they'd go, that's awesome. And I want to know the dream and I want to be a part of the dream. How do I know God's dream for my life? Why? Because they're not old enough to be jaded yet. The problem is when I say God gave Joseph a dream, you're all like, yeah, that's cool. My dreams are dead and gone, right? My dreams died in high school. My dreams died in college. My dreams died when I got this job that I don't like. My dreams died a long time ago. But the Bible says that God gave Joseph a dream, and it was a dream about his life, and it was an exact dream. It wasn't a kind of like pie in the sky, like, hey, I just want to bless you, and I hope you have a good life dream. God gave him an exact dream about his life and about his future. So that means this, that when we see this in the Bible, we should have two responses. The first response should be, if God did it for Joseph, he'll do it for me. Anything you see in the Bible, anything, anytime you see God show up and do something in the Bible, that's an indicator for you to go, that's a promise that God has for me. God will do it for me. The second response should be then, I want to know what God's dream is for my life. Because let me say this, God's got a very exact dream for every aspect of your life. Your marriage, your children, your future, your finances, your career, every last detail of your life, God wants to be a part of it. And he's got an exact dream for you. Now here's the deal. A lot of times, I think in our heart of hearts, we go, can I trust God's plan? Can I trust the plan that he has that's different than my plan? So let's look to Jesus, right? Let's always look to Jesus for these answers. So go with me to Luke chapter four, verse 18. It says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus talking. He says, the spirit of, Lord's Lord, spirit of the Lloyd, the Lloyd, spirit of the Lord. There's a lot of words that I share on Sunday mornings, guys, all right? Give me some grace here. For he, <laughs> I love it. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's a good word right there. Poor of heart, poor of spirit, poor financially. Poor. He said, I, have, I am here with good news for the poor. He has set me to proclaim to the captives to be released, that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free, right? This is what Jesus said, I'll do for your life. So to answer the question, can you trust Jesus? I'm gonna say yes, according to what Jesus said. You can trust his plans because his plans are to bless you, to free you from your captivity and make sure that you are free in your life, amen? 
I want to be free. I'm going to be free in my life. I want to be free in my heart. Okay? Now, Joseph did something really important. He valued God's dreams. How do we know this? Well, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 tells us, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in your heart, you're gonna speak about it. So that means this, that Joseph saw the dream that God had for him, and he processed in his heart that this dream that God has for me is good, and this dream is better than the dreams and the plans that I've made up for myself. So he valued God's dream. He valued God's plan, and because he valued it, he did what? He talked about it. He shared about it. Because it was something big in his own heart. It was something big in his soul, okay? Now here's the deal. I understand it is hard when you grow up in homes and around people that don't value God's thoughts and God's plans. Can I get an amen? Right? We're conditioned this way. I'll never forget knowing what God was calling me to do with my life, but yet feeling the pressure inside of me to share it with my family. Why? Because I knew they, they would not value God's plan for my life. They would have rather me, at the time, at the time, and listen, I want to make this abundantly clear. There was nothing wrong with this job or career that outside that it wasn't God's plan for me. So I was working for Walmart. I was in their management program. I've talked about this before. They wanted to send me to Europe. They were going to train me to become a store manager and all these things. If it was up to my family, I would have never quit that job. I would have never quit that job. So I understand what it's like when you grow up in homes that do not value God's plans, do not value that God has a dream, and, and their agenda is to put their own dreams and their own plans together and, the, and to forge their own way. When you grow up in, in homes where you don't see a good picture of who Jesus is, it is hard it is hard to then what? Accept and believe that God's plans are better than your own plans, right? But here's the good news. I got good news for you today. You don't have to build your life off of what somebody else says. You don't have to build your life off of somebody else's dreams. You, even if they're people that you love and you care about, and they, maybe they were your parents, or maybe they were close family members, you don't have to live the life that they want. Amen? I'm freeing you today in the name of Jesus. You don't have to repeat what you saw growing up. You don't have to live that life. You can live the life that Jesus has for you. And I promise you, because it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says this, never doubt God's mighty plan at work in you to accomplish this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, more than your most unbelievable dream, exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo all this. You just got to trust him. Because remember what he said. He. He'll do it. 
He'll align it. He'll lead you to the right relationship that you need to advance your career. Amen? Some of you are wondering how you're going to get ahead. God has a plan. God knows the right person you need to come into contact with. God, God knows it. He knows it. You can trust it. But here's the deal. I have to, that means this, I have to learn to turn my heart towards him to hear it. Okay, L let me give you an example. It would be like this. It'd be like if, if me and Christy were having a conversation after service, right? And I'm looking at Christy, I'm, I'm having this conversation, I'm hearing what she has to say, because what she has to say is important, so I want to hear it, I want to pay attention to it. But then in the middle of the conversation, I just turn my back. And Christy's like, what just happened? I got more to share. I got more to talk to you about. See, this happens all the time. We come to church on Sunday and we turn our heart towards the Lord. We turn our eyes upon the Lord. And then what happens on Monday and Tuesday? We turn our back. And God's going, wait, 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 wait. I got more to talk to you about. I got more to talk about the dream that I have for your life. I got more to talk about your children. I got more to talk about your relationship. I have more to share with you. I need your heart to be towards me because I have a great dream for your life. Amen? Okay, point number two is this. Jealousy. It's about to get real. Look at your neighbor and say, it's about to get real. Okay, it's about to get real. You might leave this church after this point, okay? I promise you. All right, you might be looking and scrolling for a new church by the time we get to point three, all right? When you're jealous, when you're jealous, the only dream you can have is the dream that God gave somebody else. Ooh. When you're jealous, the only dream you can ever have is the dream that God gave somebody else. And that means this. You're going to have to kill somebody else's dream to make that dream come alive in your life. I'll show it to you. Verse 18, Genesis 37, verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance, and as he approached, they made what? They made what? Plans to kill him. And then what did they say? Verse 19. Here comes the dreamer. What did they say? We are jealous. We're jealous of your dream. Here comes the dreamer. Verse 20. Come on, they said. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these pits and we'll tell our father that wild animals had eaten him. Write this down. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparing is the thief of joy. And it's amazing how the enemy has us wrapped up in this right now. This is all we do all day long. We just look at other people's lives. We look at other people's stories. We look at other people's homes. We look at other people's, you know, dreams. We're just looking at them. And you'll never be happy and enjoy your life when you are jealous of somebody else. You'll never enjoy the dream that God has for you. Now, here's the deal. I had never seen this before. And it actually happened. I was driving I think I was driving to the outlet to return something, and I had the Bible on uh, 
my Bible app and I was listening into the car and I saw this in my, in my spirit and I actually pulled my truck over because I was like, this is, this is good. This, this, is, this is so good, okay? Look, look, just say to your neighbor, say jealousy. Just say jealousy, okay? Because the brothers were jealous of Joseph's dream, the brothers what? They never had dreams because they were jealous of their brother's dream. Because they could only focus on their brother's dream. They never had dreams for themselves. So here's the deal. Bitterness, jealousy will do what? It will always rob you of receiving God's dreams for your life. It will always rob you. Why? Because your dream is what? To outdo somebody else's dream. Your dream is to outdo their moment. So you're always thinking, how am I going to outdo their wedding? How am I going to outdo their vacation? How am I going to outdo their home? How am I going to outdo their kids' accomplishments? How am I going to succeed over their success? You're trying to live their dream. And you can't get a dream. Because your dream's their dream. Let me ask this question. Anybody ever wore a pair of drunk goggles before? Now, let me ask a real question. Any ever, anybody ever been drunk enough that you, your eyes were drunk goggles before, okay? <laughs> Thank you for like the two honest people in the room. The rest of you are all gonna spend a couple minutes in hell for lying at church, okay? <laughs> all right? Regardless if you've worn drunk goggles or been drunk, some of you are like, I've been drunk in the Holy Spirit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> We all know this. When you're drunk, right, everything gets blurry. Everything gets out of place. You can't see correctly, right? Why? Because you're under the influence, right? When you're jealous, you're under an influence. You're under a spirit. It's not the spirit of the Lord. It doesn't come from heaven, it's not God's heart. You're under an influence. And because you're jealous and bitter about what somebody else has and you don't have, you end up becoming what? A victim. And you get a victim mentality. And you start, just like the brothers. The brothers, why did Joseph get a dream? Why didn't we get a dream? You know, why, why did Joseph get a coat? Where, where's our coat? Why does our father love him more than us? You know what's interesting about the brother's perspective? In our heart of hearts, we all can probably understand the brothers. If we're just being really honest. Because we've all had moments like that in our own life where we're like, why didn't I get the raise? Why didn't I get the promotion? Why did I get overlooked? Why did my parents treat me differently than my sibling? Why did this happen? Why, did, why didn't I get that blessing? Why did that person get that home and we didn't get it? We, we all have moments, right? That, because here's the deal. What the brothers are thinking, it's actually truthful, right? It's just, 
Life is perspective. It's just how you see it. You either see yourself as the victor because you have Jesus with you, or you see yourself as the victim. The world's against me. I just choose to say every day, regardless of what happens today, Jesus, the King of glory, he is for me and he is with me and my future is in his hands and I am not a victim. I am a victor in Jesus' name. See, because the brothers were so jealous, they failed to realize that if our brother Joseph is blessed and in these positions that he's talking about, that means that someday when he's in those positions, there are positions next to him for us. They failed to see that the blessing that God was going to pour out upon Joseph was going to touch their life also. Because they're bitter. Can I say this? How you handle somebody else's success. Oh, get real, real now. How you handle somebody else's blessing. How you handle when somebody is in a season of favor and blessing and you're like, we're in the wilderness. How you handle that moment will empower you to be a part of somebody else's blessing or push you away because of your jealousy. It's your choice. So the question is this, how do you break out of a cycle of bitterness and jealousy? And and let me make this real clear. I think a lot of times we would say, I'm not bitter and jealous. I would say, ask the Holy Spirit that question and see what his opinion is. It's probably different than your opinion. Because this has happened to me, not too recent. A few months ago, you know, doing the old scrolling thing, just like us, all of us do, right? See a fellow pastor that I know, somebody... Uh, that I've known for a long time, doing great things in Michigan. And I saw that God blessed them with a great big building. And guess what? I was jealous. Right? I was jealous. And the Lord was like, what's wrong with you? Why are you jealous? I'm like, well, you gave him a building. I want a big building. I want a bigger building. I need a bigger building. You gave them a bigger building. And the Lord goes, well, don't you trust me? Well, yeah, I trust you, but you gave it to him first. Why didn't you give it to me? Right? Just being really honest is how we all feel. We all get into seasons like this. So what do we do when we get into a moment like this? What do we do? Four things. I'm going to write this down. First thing is this. Ask God for repentance. There's power in confessing your sin. I know I don't say words like that all the time, but it's, it's super powerful when you go, Lord, I'm so sorry. I have missed it. I've been comparing. I've been judging. I, I, I've, been, I've been in comparison, and I've been jealous of somebody else's life, somebody else's family, somebody else's kids, what somebody else has. I've been jealous, and Father, I am sorry for this. And I promise you, when you do that, a bunch of grace will come into your life bunch of grace. You'll you'll feel grace coming out of every angle. So that's the first thing you do. The the second thing you do is maybe this. Just take a break from following them on social media. You ever thought about that? 
Maybe sometimes out of sight is out of mind. It's good for you sometimes. Sometimes you got to go, I can't, I can't look at this. I can't follow this. The third thing is this, and you're really not going to like me for this, is this. Go bless that person. So I was jealous. I was jealous of what this other pastor had. I asked for forgiveness. And then you know what the Lord asked me to do? The Lord asked me, he said, hey, I want you to actually bless this person. And I was like, well, this person's in Michigan. What do I do? He said, I want you to write them an encouraging note. And so I, I put together this note and I just, you know, just told them that I loved them and I was praying for them and I was praying that God blesses them and that God's favor was upon them and that I knew that it's a big season and I just, I just sent them this encouraging note. And you know what they sent back? They sent back, they go, you have no idea how stressful of a season this is right now. Isn't that funny? How you can be in a season of jealousy and bitterness but then the other person next to you is going through something, but the moment you ask for forgiveness and grace shows up and grace shows up to you and then flows through you, everybody gets blessed. Everybody gets blessed. And then the fourth thing is this, after you do all those things, what do you do? After you do these things, what do you do? You go, God, what's your dream now? Now that I got my eyes off of somebody else's dream, God, what is your dream for me right now? What's your dream for my future? What's your dream for this year? God, you have exact plans. You have exact dreams for me in this year. Point number three is this. Right, you can come on up. God's plan. God's plan. Verse 27. Instead of hurting him, they said, let's sell him to the traders. So the brothers decided to sell him. Verse 28, so when the Ishmael traders came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the pit, sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Verse 37, I need you to see this. Meanwhile, as the traders arrived where? In Egypt. This is a really big key. Arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to who? Potiphar. Okay? Who's Potiphar? An officer of the king of Egypt. Let me say something to you today. Don't fight your Egypt. Egypt was part of God's plan to save Joseph's life. Egypt was part of God's plan to prepare Joseph to receive the dream that God had for him. Let me give you a little wisdom on how God works. God will give you a dream, and it's exciting. He'll, he'll give you a dream about how you'll have a family someday. He'll give you a dream about your career. He'll give you a dream about your future. He'll give you a dream. He'll give you a dream. He'll give you a prophetic word. He'll give you a moment where God shows up and he's telling you about something great that he wants to do in your life. And it's so exciting. 
Man, I love those moments. I call them mountaintop moments. You're at the mountaintop with God. You're seeing his face. He's downloading his dreams and his plans. And you're having one of those like just crazy moments where your heart is coming alive. And you're like, wow, God, I could have never dreamt that that's what you want to do with my life. And it's so exciting. Now, what God doesn't tell you is that he's going to take you to Egypt before the dream comes to pass. And the reason he doesn't tell you that he's going to take you to Egypt is because if he showed you Egypt, you'd go, no, 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 I don't want that dream. I don't want that plan. I don't like that. When I was 24, we took a job as youth pastors at this great church called Valley Family Church with pastors Jeff and Beth Jones. And I was so excited to work there. They were a young church. They were maybe eight, 900 at the time, but they had big plans to go reach their city and I was excited to be a part of that. I was excited that their own kids, they had four kids and their kids were gonna be a part of the youth ministry and had an opportunity to start from ground zero and to build something. And man, I was just full of vision. That's just something that's never lacked in my life. I'm just, vision just flows. And, and I'm, I'm 24 and I have all this vision and I'll never forget my first day on the job. Pastors Jeff and Beth, they go, hey, we wanna take you to lunch. And I'm like, yeah, it's so cool. They're like, we wanna hear about the vision. I'm like, I got the vision. I know the vision. I know where we're going. And so we go to lunch and I remember one of the staff members, his name was Pastor Richard, came along to the lunch. And I was kind of like in this, in my head, I was like, what's this guy doing here? You ever had one of those moments? You're like, why is this person here? And so we're talking about the vision and we're talking about the plan and I'm, I'm sharing. And, and they go, we're so excited. They called me PJ because we had Pastor Jeff and I was Pastor Jeff. And they said, PJ, we're so excited about what God's gonna do. They really believed in me. And they shouldn't, because I was a dumb 24-year-old, okay? But they really believed in me. And they said, Pastor Richard's gonna oversee you. And instantly my heart dropped. And I was like, why? In my, in my mind, I kept my mouth shut. I was smart enough to keep my mouth shut. I had a little sense. In my heart, I was like, why? I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I know the vision. I know the plan. We've all had that moment before. Where God shows you the dream, but all of a sudden you're in Egypt and you're like, God, this, this isn't what the dream was. This isn't what you showed me. This isn't part of the plan. I don't know what this is. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't understand this moment. What is this, God? This isn't what you showed me. Now, to be completely honest, I was 24. I had no idea. I was a creative, 
I was a visionary. I had no idea how to manage my time. I had no idea how to manage my life. I had no idea how to take the dreams that God was pouring into my soul and actually put action items to them and actually know how to make those dreams come to pass. I didn't know any of that, but they knew that I didn't know that. So they gave me who? Pastor Richard. Pastor Richard was there to teach me those things. But you know what I did? I fought them every day. I had a bad attitude every day. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was the smartest person in the room always. I fought every new idea that he had for me. I fought everything that he said. I made his life hard every single day because I was in Egypt and I didn't want to be in Egypt and I didn't know what God was doing. And I actually thought that God was being mean to me. I actually thought that God was frustrated at me. I actually thought that God was angry at me and it was painful. And I was like, God, what are you doing? For over two years, for over two years, Pastor Richard, every day made me log every minute of my day. And we had a meeting the first thing in the morning, a half hour before the day started, and we had a meeting a half hour after the day ended to talk about my day and talk about my tasks and talk about what I do with my day every single day for over two years. And I fought God and I fought God and I fought Egypt and I fought Egypt and I fought it. And I told the Lord, I would tell the Lord, I'm gonna quit tomorrow. And he'd go, no, you're not. I go, no, 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 I'm gonna quit, God. I I'm done. I don't like them. I don't like him. I don't like where you've brought me. I don't like what's going on. Why? Why didn't I like it? Because I wasn't in control. What was God doing? He was working his dream. He was working his plan. See, God gives us a dream, and then he brings us to Egypt. And it's not to harm you. It's actually to prepare you. It's actually to get you ready to receive the dream that God has for you, to prepare you so that when you actually receive the dream, it doesn't crush you. God's trying to prepare some of you and you're fighting him and you're fighting his plan. You're fighting his will. And he's going, please, please, please work with me. I'll never forget this one night in prayer. I finally said to the Lord, Lord, I give up. It took three and a half years, three and a half years. I said, God, I give up. Whatever you want. He said, about time, now we can start. That was his words, about time. Now we can start. We can start my plan. We can start what I've had in my heart. Don't fight Egypt. Don't fight it. God was using it to prepare Joseph. Joseph would become second in charge over the entire nation. 
the decisions that Joseph would make someday would actually save him, the families around him, his immediate family, the entire nation. Can I tell you, God's got a big plan for your life. God's got a big plan for your life. Don't fight Egypt. Don't fight Egypt. A couple years ago, I had the privilege. I went back. They had their 30-year church anniversary, and I had this beautiful moment. I grabbed Pastor Richard, and I've, I've thanked him and, and blessed him so many times. So I just looked at him in the eyes, and I said, I am sorry that I fought you. I'm sorry that I made your life hard. I'm sorry that I made your days miserable. I'm sorry for those years. I now know that everything you did, everything was God's plan to prepare me so that I could be who I am today. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for standing and fighting when I didn't deserve it. Don't fight your Egypt. Allow God to work the process in your soul to grow you, to mature you, to make you a man, a woman of God that can handle the great plans and dreams that he has for you. Why don't you stand up with me? We're gonna worship. I want you to close your eyes. If you feel comfortable, I want you to raise your hands. It's just a sign of surrenderance to the Lord. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, is there anybody that I'm jealous of right now? Is there anybody that I need to let go? I need to let go of their dream. I need to let go of comparing. I need to let go of, of looking at somebody else's plan that you have for their life. Somebody, Lord, I, I need some forgiveness. I want you just to talk to the Lord. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Come on with your eyes closed. Let's, let's ask the Lord about these great dreams that he has. I want you to say to the Lord, Lord, I open up my heart to receive your plan, your will, your desires. Father, I bless your people in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would give them exact vision, dreams, wisdom, understanding, grace for their marriage, for each and every one of their children, their current job, their finances, their relationships they have. Father, we rebuke the spirit of jealousy off of our lives in Jesus' name. We release it in Jesus' name. We no longer want to see through eyes of jealousy, but we want to see through eyes of faith and trust, knowing that you are with us and you are for us, and our life is blessed because of you and you alone, Jesus. Lord, I ask God that there would be moments today, moments in their car, moments in their shower, moments at their home, moments when they're uh, in away, Lord, moments, God, that you divinely speak exactly to them about your dreams and your plans. 
Now, God, we declare in the name of Jesus that 2023 is blessed. I bless their home. I bless their job. I bless their children. I bless their families. I declare that they will be the head and not the tail. I declare that the blessing of God will surround them as a shield as they go through 2023. We don't care what the news says. We don't care what culture says. We don't care what the world says about 2023. We declare in the name of Jesus, it is blessed because you are for us. You're not against us. So we march forward into 2023 with great expectation, great faith, great understanding, knowing that the best is yet to come. We bless you now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, get real loud for our Lord today.